Welcome to this series of Warriors Unite podcast with me, your host, Carla. Here I've created a platform for people with dysautonomias, chronic illness, and invisible illness, where we can all come together to advocate, educate, and of course, make awareness to all these conditions. I myself, 17 years ago, was diagnosed with a chronic illness called POTS, so I do know how important it is that we get all this information out. So I do hope you can come along and join in as us warriors unite. Welcome to this week's episode of the Warriors Unite podcast with me, your host, Carolyn. Today's warrior guest joining us is Holly. Hey, Holly, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Well, moderate. We get through the day as best we can, make sure you know yourself. Yeah. Um, thanks. I really appreciate you taking time out to join us and basically just give everybody else a view of what it's like living with your illness. Okay. So I will leave it open to you and you can explain it to myself and to everybody listening. Okay. All right, thank you. So I have a condition called ankylosing spondylitis which is an inflammatory um, disease of the bones and joints, predominantly in the spine, uh, but it can affect um, lots of other areas and lead to other conditions as well. Um, up until fairly recently, and even actually, so a lot of people still believe it now, that it's predominantly found in men. And for a really long time, I was told repeatedly you can't have that because that's a man's disease and it was referred to as a man's disease um which funnily enough i follow support groups on facebook for, for as sufferers and there was a woman on there yesterday who said that she saw her doctor yesterday and he said to her literally you can't have as it's a man's disease and i think i've i was told yeah, years ago and i can't believe and it, it made me really quite cross even reading that for this poor woman because it used to be thought that three times more likely men would get it now it's pretty equal um but it presents in both differently so with men because the condition can lead to fusing um of the vertebra basically um and it can cause postural issues later on that's what they call it the stooped position um but in women it, it causes more inflammation so for me Mine started at around 17 in my lower lumbar, so right at the base of my spine and over years became more problematic in my pelvis. So in sort of the SI joints, I can't pronounce the actual word, but in those joints in between sort of like your pelvis right in your hip and it causes damage there to like tendons and ligaments. Um, I also get issues in my neck, um, shoulders, wrists, ankles and in my Achilles tendon in the in the back of my of my heel as well which causes issues with walking um I started I used to be a dancer and that's what I wanted to be professionally so at 17 I started getting this problem with, with my back was told it was growing pains was told it was part and parcel for what I was doing um, with my dancing I was a gymnast when I was younger so it was all put down to things like that it took 11 years for me to get a diagnosis which considering my father has it and it is genetic um and my gp was his gp is literally ridiculous you'd think it was the first thing they would have looked for being genetic yeah. 
Yeah. In the end, I asked them to test me for a gene called HLA-B27, which I then, that, that's a gene that's very closely associated with AS. If you have the gene, you may not develop AS, and some people who don't have the gene do suffer from AS. So it does vary, but it is very closely linked. And obviously with my dad having it, absolutely. So you know, I did test positive for that. And that started the ball rolling from there. But I had to ask for that. Um, but this is 10 years ago um, that, they, that this happened. Um, so it does surprise me, like I said, seeing that message on Facebook yesterday, that surprises me that 10 years on, that's still kind of being thought by some practitioners. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... So yeah, I mean, it took that time. I was sent for different physiotherapy, um, things like that. Once I got the blood test result back, I was then referred to rheumatology, which obviously then is the next step. And they then they would send you then for further blood tests um, to test the inflammation levels in, in your system um, and an X-ray to see if it can be detected um, either in your spine or, or in your pelvis area like in your hip joints um and then an mri so for women if it's an information if the information is present then it'll be detected in an mri and for men obviously and for women as well if there's any damage by that point then that will come up in, a, in an x-ray so up, i don't know exactly when they started using it but they started using mris to test for information which is then when women would start getting diagnosed as well as men, because the X-ray will only show the fusion of the bones; it doesn't show inflammation, which is why it was thought for so long that it was predominantly found in men. Wow. So yeah, so there's a long road to um, diagnosis. On the um, there's a there's a website um, in the UK called the National um, Axial Spondyloarthritis. Society, so nass.co.uk. That's where you can go for any information um, on the condition. That's a, the axial spondyloarthritis is like an umbrella term because there's four different types of arthritic kind of conditions, and ankylosing spondylitis is, is one of the is one of the four. Um, but they're the only UK charity for AS. Um, they do lots of research and fundraising um, to highlight the condition, raise awareness and fundraise for research. Um, yeah. And I went on there yesterday just to check their stats again. And the current diagnosis, um, sort of how long it takes from, from symptoms to diagnosis is on average still eight and a half years. So it's only dropped by like a couple of years since I was diagnosed in 10 years. Yeah, it's crazy because I've never, I've never heard of it. And and I suppose all these kind of conditions are down to it's basic it's basic ignorance the way I look at it because they're just put under a main you're given a main category would say like that would be arthritis and it's just arthritis we I've never heard of any of these other conditions because everything is diagnosed even to this day I know people suffering with things like fibromyalgia but they were all originally diagnosed with arthritis because it seems that if you go into a doctor and say or oh, I've pains in my joint makes it puts out arthritis. We're not going to test you for anything else. It's just arthritis one away. That was my take on it. So that's why this is very interesting because I'm sure there's an awful lot of people that haven't heard about it and they will go and listen to their GP and they say, oh, it's arthritis, when it can be so much of a bigger and wider condition. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's 
I, it's not as rare as you think it is. It's obviously not, it's not, people don't know what it is. They've not heard of it, but it actually affects a lot more people in the UK than those suffering with multiple sclerosis, which wow. most people have heard of that. So suffering with MS is like one in 600. Wow. It's one in 200 people who suffer with AS in the UK. It's like around 220,000 people in the UK suffer with AS and yet hardly anyone has heard of it. It's one of the major, when I read that, it's kind of what made me want to do what I'm doing now because trying to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't know or understand what you're doing is really hard when they have never heard of it. And when you say, like for me, I've had to explain to some people, oh, well, I suppose it's a bit like arthritis. Straight away, I'm either met with, you're not old enough because it's associated with older people generally. Um, and yet AS, the symptoms will start in late teens, early twenties. That's when, so it's, it's not an older person condition. Obviously it's progressive. So as you get older, symptoms get worse. The condition can, you know, you, you will deteriorate. But it's the fact that the symptoms start so early and I've absolutely fit that criteria. I was 17 when I first started. I was diagnosed at 28. So it's right through, through, through my 20s. So it is, it's, yeah, it's really important to raise, to raise that awareness. But I was really shocked when I saw that statistic because I didn't know it was that many people. Because other than my dad, didn't know anybody else who had it. No. And I wouldn't have heard of it had it not been for him. Absolutely, yeah. So in terms of how it impacts on me then, because obviously it is different for everybody, it affects men differently to women, um, and it affects different areas in, in different in each individual. So for me, when it came to being, so I was, I was the first rheumatology after the blood test, and I was waiting for that appointment to come through. And whilst I was waiting, I developed um, a problem with my right eye. So it, it was what I didn't know at the time was called uveitis, which is like an inflammation at the front of the eye and the iris, which can damage your sight. It can, can lead to loss of sight if left. Um, now I suffer really badly with hay fever. So I had had this pain and itch, but it started like an irritation, like a really just an itch, like I had a bit of grit in my eye. That's how it started, which for me, standard hay fever symptom. That started around the September because I get it like the March to September. Trees bother me more than flowers for some weird reason. Yeah. So it was that. So I left it and left it. And then one, it got really, it got worse. And over a weekend, I thought I had a migraine because I used to suffer with them a lot anyway. Yeah. Took myself to bed for a couple of days, couldn't watch the telly, couldn't have a light on. You know, again, yeah. just classic what you'd expect with a migraine. And then on the Monday morning, I couldn't open my eye at all. And I couldn't see out of it. It went completely blurry. Saw so a GP who sent me straight to the emergency eye department. I had to have a steroid injection into my eye to save my sight. It was so bad. And I was on steroid drops for three months, which had to be like a strong dose. They had to dilate my pupil for six weeks so that the drops could really work and completely rest my eye. I couldn't drive. If I went out, I had to have hold of my husband because I couldn't see anything. Um, Oh, it was just, it was absolutely horrendous. And when I was, I remember being there and I remember the, the ophthalmologist who was examining my eye and going through everything with me. And he asked me, do you have any inflammatory diseases? And I said, I'm not diagnosed yet, but I'm actually awaiting a rheumatology appointment. And he said, I'm pretty certain you're going to get that really soon. And I got it the following week because they, wow. notes, it went to off to my GP who sent it then with the rheumatology referral as well. I chased it up and I had an appointment the following week. Wow. 
got sent for an x-ray and that was that I was diagnosed but I had an MRI in the January after that to confirm it that all happened in the November I started with this eye itchy like irritation in the September I'm about middle of September and it was the November that this happened and then I was officially diagnosed January and when you go for your ordinary eye checkup, whatever two years, whatever, was anything ever picked up or spotted? Mm-hmm. No. No. Cool. So an inflammation can happen as part of the condition. It can just happen anywhere in your body. And basically, so when you, so with my particular condition, when I get inflammation, um, say of my hip joint or whatever, and it will then attack my white blood cells then attack it thinking it's an infection, which then makes more of an inflammation that attacks the nerves that then send that nerve to another area of the body that then gets attacked by the white blood cells. And then you get an inflammation in that area as well. And that's how come it can then flare up all over your body. It's like a map chasing itself almost. Um, so that then got really bad about three years ago. Well, the whole time I'm working full time as well. I was going through university when I had my eye can when it started with the diagnosis. But that was all happening in my final year of my degree, and I was getting married, so it was a really stressful like six months because all of that was happening at the same time. But they do say stress then flares up, so that completely makes sense in that in that respect. Final placement, dissertation, getting married, absolutely makes sense. Now I understand what it's all about, but back then obviously didn't have a clue. Um, and they thought I, I, I got, I get really bad rib pain because the intercostal muscles um, and the nerves in that area can, can get inflamed a lot as well. That used to wake me up in the early hours of the morning and I couldn't, I went to get out of bed once and an and off the sofa happened a few times and I just caught my breath like you inhale, like you do when you go to get up, that caused the, it all to spasm. I then couldn't exhale, so I couldn't breathe and it just not in, it's, it's the most frightening feeling in the world because you just can't breathe, you can't, and the pain is so bad. And in the end, my husband had to pull me up off of the, like, the sofa and pull me out of bed so that it would like release itself. But again, we didn't know that's what it did at the time because I wasn't diagnosed then. I didn't know what it was. Um, but we would be ringing triple one and things like that in like five in the morning because we just, it was frightening. We didn't know what was wrong with me. And that happened a few times. Um, and still they didn't. They'd just, just go into a spasm just out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd often get pain in my ribs anyway, but when that started happening, it, we were like, this is something really, really wrong. And they thought I had gallstones. So I was sent for ultrasounds and things like that. They told me I couldn't go on my placement. So they deferred to defer for a month. They thought I wasn't going to graduate. So all of that was going on. And I just said, in the end, can you just, can I just have this blood test, please? So that's where, that's what triggered all of that off. So, so yeah. So then I qualified. I'm, I'm a social worker. So I work full-time until I had the babies, went part-time, obviously we're, we're having them. Um, all the, I have had some sickness because of the condition, but not that often. I managed it with um, anti-inflammatory drugs. So I take naproxen um, okay. twice a day and obviously, you know, stomach protectors or whatever that goes alongside that. And I kind of managed it like with physio. I do remember them wanting to send me for hydrotherapy once. So like in the pool with the heat and you know, exercise and water to, to help with that. And I remember going and I, and I had said to them, I'm sure I don't, is it one-to-one? Which initially they said, no, it's in a group. And I, and I didn't want to go because it was with a lot of older people. And it was purely because I didn't want to see my future. 
if that makes any sense. I was absolutely terrified of seeing how this could progress and what in a few years time I, it, I could be affected, you know? So for a, a lot of times I, 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 and I should, I should, I will admit this. I never went to my appointments. I would go to go and I would just, it would just freak me out. It would just, I was just frightened to, to do that. And then I went and saw the rheumatologist and they said that you can have one-to-one -one sessions because I kind of explained then how I was starting to feel about it. Cause it's like, sometimes you feel like for me, I would feel, that anxiety and that fear but I didn't understand where it was coming from uh, initially it took a while to kind of uh, oh that's why I feel like this you know so I spoke with them about it and they said you can have one-to-one -one sessions so I went and I did that and I sat there and the physiotherapist came out made me complete all these forms that you have to do before before you have like these kind of sessions and then she went off and gradually more and more people started coming in then women again a lot older and a physiotherapist walked past and I, and I sort of stopped her and said, oh, is this all for the hydrotherapy pool? Yes. Do you, do you have more than one? No, it's all one big group session today. Oh, okay, thanks. So I sat there and I filled out my paperwork. I then got up and put it on the reception desk who they'd left the room. They weren't there. And I then just carried on walking past the reception desk and went back out to my car and drove home. And I just couldn't, I couldn't face doing it. It really, I think mental health, is really affected when we have these conditions for lots of different reasons and a lot of it for me was denial absolutely was for a really long time um and then it was fear and then obviously you get anxiety it affects when you can go out when you can't go out you want to see how you can talk about it with people and you know you just you can't and even now i struggle talking about it even with family purely because i never have I've got 20 years experience of it now. Where do I start explaining that? It's just there's just too much, you know. So sometimes it's and it, you know, it has all of those, all of those impacts as, as well. Um where I'm at now, I'm on um medications called biologic therapy, um, which is the medication I self-administer um bi-weekly, and it's an injection. And it's basically um a medication that suppresses my immune system it stops my body from making those white blood cells that attack my body basically um so when i the condition kind of settles down during pregnancy they don't know why it must be to do with like a hormone balance or something they don't know what it is but through my first two pregnancies it completely went away after my seconds it came back worse than it ever once I finished breastfeeding it was a whole brand new kettle of fish it was different symptoms I wasn't familiar with um, in different areas particularly in my ankle joint um, my, my left ankle and it would swell up to like three four times the size. I've only got little ankles and it was huge I couldn't get a shoe on I couldn't get socks on it was so so big and that's when they explained to me um, I had this rheumatologist and you know it was really it was things like I couldn't get on the floor and play with with my boys you know I couldn't I couldn't physically do that I couldn't get down and get up again and he all of my consultants I've ever have I've ever had have been amazing very lucky to be in an area where the NHS trust I was with had a specialist AS department with specialist consultants and nurses um you there's the, quite a lot I think I actually have the stats somewhere, but I think it's something like 37% don't have any specialists AS consultants. 
in their rheumatology departments, wow. which is a lot. And it's like 55 NHS trusts don't have a, a rheumatologist with any special interest in AS. So that's, that's something that's so, so common. That's, yeah, that's, it's a huge, yes, it has a, it's going to have a huge impact on some people. I was very lucky where I was that I had the facilities and the knowledge and research that I, I, I had. And they were very good. But the, the last consultant I had, he's, and I'll never forget, and we were talking about how it impacts. And I, I think I, I, it had gotten so bad, I could hardly walk. My hips were so bad. Um, and he, he said to me, you, we have to fix your quality of life. You, you don't have a good quality of life. And I just remember bursting into tears. And I think he thought he'd upset initially and I was like look it's tears of relief for you no one has ever understood it no one um that was four years ago and so he then sent me for this biologic therapy and he said oh, you, you tried physio we've tried narcoxin I'm on the highest dose of anti-inflammatory drugs I can be on and still I was suffering with walking getting in and out of my car because I can't really twist um things like that and it was too low um is affecting that's debilitating that's debilitating in itself yeah yeah so he then sent me for this biologic therapy medication whilst i was waiting for that referral um he sent me for that in the october i had loads of like um it's like a survey thing like there's like a score um that you have to have for as and it's where you sit within that score it determines what level of support you need things like that um, and i obviously scored very high on that and whilst I was waiting for that referral to come through, um, I went to get out of bed one morning and, and pretty much fell to the floor. My husband caught me. I could no longer wait there at all on my pelvis, at all. Wow. I had to see a nurse straight away. They put me on crutches and sent me straight to the rheumatology department. They then obviously sped everything up. I had to have a steroid infusion up there and then, which lasted four hours. And I had to go back again on, that was on the Friday had to go back again on the Sunday for the same thing and I completely don't remember that weekend at all um because it just absolutely knocked me for six I was on to, um, high dose of Cody as well to manage the pain to bridge the gap and then the nurse came out with a biologic medication the following week so in a way it kind of sped everything up but then you think why is it going to get to that point before point. Yeah, the, the very the very end before yeah yeah, and, and um, I mean, like this is so knowledgeable to me. Not only to me, it's going to be other people, and especially in the degree of the bathroom that, and I'm sure you get it when people look at you and say, "But you don't look sick," you know? Yeah. How could there be something possible wrong with you? Yeah. And they don't understand that all these things that are going on in your body, let alone physical reaction, the amount of mental pressure that it that it puts on a person going through, because we tend to isolate ourselves. Yeah. Because there's only so much we can't account to. We don't want to tell people because realistically, how many people are going to say, hi, how are you actually mean? Hi, how are you? We've had to wait that length of time to get a proper treatment. And how is that like how are you finding that treatment now? Is it working for you? Absolutely is working. Yeah. So so I've got a nine-month-old baby now. So again, obviously you have to stop all the medication when you're pregnant and breastfeeding. So um towards the final few weeks of my pregnancy. My, my pregnancy, I'm not great pregnant anyway. I've always, I'm the one that gets sick throughout the entire pregnancy. Um, I got gestational diabetes the third time round, oh, never had before. So I'll, 
I've gone from injecting myself with my biologics to then having to inject myself with blood sugar levels. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was an absolutely horrendous pregnancy. And towards the end, I thought I had carpal tunnel to get if you get when you're pregnant. No, it was all part of my AS. Um, I had, I only breastfed this time around for three months because it got to a point where I could physically no longer hold him. My husband was having to, to hold him to, so I could feed him. So I was expressing as well, but so I did it for three months and was like, no, I really need to go back onto medication now. And it's taken longer this time to kind of kick in, I would say. So that was in January, middle of January. And I, I, this is the first week I've had where I haven't had that much pain. Like a, a general, oh, it's always there. It is always there in some shape or form. Um, yeah, it's been in my feet, my heels, the longest. Um, this is the first week I've got, it's, it's when you go to get out of bed in the morning and it's the worst pain in the world. It's a bit like having a night out wearing your high shoes all night long and dancing all night long and that feeling you get in your feet the following day, like, oh yeah, I should have worn those shoes last night. It's that, but worse. And it's all the time. And I know the second I move my legs in bed, when you go to get out of bed and you just moving them before I even touch the floor, I know it's going to hurt. So it's like gingerly putting them on the floor and it's like, yeah, okay. But this is the first week it's, that hasn't happened. The layer a little bit, but it's the first time. So it's taken, what, six months for the medication to really kick in. But in terms of energy, I have more energy when I'm on it. Um, the pain is a lot less. The flare is a lot less. I still get bad days, but it's obviously, you know, I went from not being able to physically walk without crutches to not needing them. And that side of it happened quite quickly. Um, so, yeah, it, until it... I will be on it until it no longer works for me. And then there's alternatives that they will then look at um, if, I, if I need it. So it works. It doesn't work for everybody. I know people on the, so these support groups I follow, there's people who have bad reactions to it, who are allergic to it, who it doesn't benefit. Um, but then there's lots of different similar medications that they are then tried on in, instead. So there are alternative methods out there. I would say to anybody, if they're suffering at the minute and no one's listening to you, keep going back. Like it's exhausting and it's frustrating and it's not fair. No. Keep going back because someone somewhere will listen to you. And when they do it is like that moment I had with that consultant. I mean, I, I remember his face and he must've just thought, oh my God, I really shouldn't have said that to her. That's really ups <laughs> pure relief. I yeah, came out of nowhere control that emotion at all because for the first time I genuinely felt like someone gets it and that does happen and it will happen keep going and I also say to people journal everything any symptom you have Absolutely. write it down and yeah. when you go with a journal they have to pay attention because it's there of course yeah. absolutely and if they don't I for me as well the one thing I, I've learned is if they don't send you for something that you've asked for or they don't put you on a medication that you're asking for ask them to write it down in your notes because it's it's very apparent then that you something you you know you need you've asked for it and it's that medical professional saying we're not going to give it to you you ask them to write that down i've asked for this you're telling me i don't need it could you please write that down That's they might cool. change their mind i'm going to write that down That's because they, they need to be accountable for the decisions that they make in for your own health and no one knows your health better than you exactly 
and what I'm waiting for now so I've now moved away from where so I'm from the south of England I've moved to Wales and again I'm very lucky that it's recognized where I am the medication was available where I am different trust and I have my consultant a specialist in AS so again I'm very lucky to be within a trust that that has that um because of COVID and everything appointments weren't happening I was pregnant anyway so again it, there's no flair really when you're pregnant um well not for me um so I've now I'm now waiting for an appointment they were all redeployed so they're now coming back I got a phone call a couple of weeks ago saying I'd be getting an appointment what I want to know now is I've not had an MRI since the problem happened with my hips and I was put onto the the biologic medication so I would like to know now what damage has been caused because you people need replacement like joint replacements later on and I want to know if that's something that I could be facing later more than likely probably is but I want to know because none of that's been looked at or documented since this all happened four years ago so it's definitely something I want looked at um, and that'll be the next stage for me now is seeing a rheumatologist finding out this can we have a bit of investigative work now and see what damage has been caused how progressed is this condition for me yes this medication works but what damage has been done up until this point where could I be looking at in the future just so I'm a bit prepared as to what's to come because I think now I'm ready to know that it's taken me a time but I, I want to know I want to be prepared now so are you still working now? That's why we're still out on your maternity leave. I'm on maternity leave at the moment. I go back in September. <laughs> this coming round way too fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, my baby's nine months. We won in October. So I go back middle of September. I go back full time as well. Because the, the role I'm in now, the team I'm in now, is there's no option really for, for part time. I could do yeah. part time, but it means relocating to another team. And I don't want to do that. I was only a year in the in the role anyway, having just moved up here. So. Um, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to going back on some level. I just can't believe how quickly it's come around. But then I suppose we've all lost time because of COVID and everything, and we were locked down and everything. So that's that's why that is. But it'll be good to get back into some kind of normal routine. Are they very flexible? I, I'm, I assume yeah. they're aware of your condition, so they would be very flexible. They are, but they're again, because I wasn't there very long, I've never really had any flair during my time with my new team but they're a a lovely lovely team they're the the nicest team I've ever worked for in the role I'm in and it's a really pressured job anyway um but they're all amazing and I know I'm not the only person in the team with a chronic condition I know another member of the team's got a heart condition um we all have young children we're all of similar age um so people get it and we can work longer days and have a day off in the week um we can from home we can start later we can you know there's there's a lot of flexibility within the role but obviously in a crisis you stay until the job's done fortunately my husband has just managed to confirm permanent early shifts so he's always going to finish work by two o'clock so he's always going to be home after school for the older two so it's just it's just a baby I need to take care of my mum's retiring in September so her and my dad are going to have my baby (laughs) so um, (laughs) And I pass them on the way to work, so that's really handy. <laughs> so um, oh. I can just drop them off. I was, so. You can literally use the thing. I was just passing. <laughs> but it's hardly grateful for you taking the time to do that. Where no. can people find you if they want to know more information? So if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram as Mama Spoonie. Um, I'm on, I've got a Facebook page, which is Mama Spoonie Blog. 
and um, I have got a website, but I'm really new to doing that. Enough enough for your time now to get back to those views for sure. Thanks, Amelia. Absolutely appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. And we shall speak to you again very, very soon. Thank you. Thank They say knowledge is power. Well, wow. Thanks a million to our warrior guest, Holly, aka Mama Spoonie, for sharing the knowledge there with us in her story. So powerful to be able to get up and get on with her day every day. She's a true inspiration. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode of Warrior Unite podcast. Also, big shout out again to our logo creators, Angry Chimp Creations. You can check them out on Instagram. And if you want to continue to follow Holly's journey, you can find her under Mama Spoonie on Instagram and other platforms. Take care, everybody. Go easy on yourself. We shall see you again soon when us warriors unite.